What is up, everybody? Welcome into Locked on Tigers. I am your host, Chris Castellani. It is Wednesday, July 8th, 2020, and we officially have a Detroit Tigers schedule. What a concept. We have finally figured out who the Tigers are going to play on opening day in 2020. What a strange sentence that is. Can you imagine a year ago, me telling future me that we're not going to find out who the Tigers are going to play on opening day in 2020 until July 8th, or technically July 6th, when this schedule was released. We're living in the strangest of times. But the team that the Tigers will be opening up against is the Cincinnati Redlegs. Now, they will be playing 20 days of continuous baseball uninterrupted they will finally have a day off 20 games into the season I've looked at the schedule obviously starting off against Cincinnati Cincinnati is a team that has some pretty high expectations this year and I'll be talking a little bit more about them the closer we get to the season I believe Jeff Carr reached out to me he's the host of Lockdown Reds we're going to do a crossover episode at some point but Cincinnati is a team with fairly high expectations that's a weird division man the uh, the, the National League Central it's a division that has seen a lot of success over the last half decade you know decade or so getting teams to the NLCS getting teams to the World Series in a few instances like the Cubs in 2016 winning the World Series, but they had a strange offseason, I feel like, collectively, as a division. You know, the, the Cardinals are always dangerous, made it to the NLCS last year, didn't do a ton to really bolster their roster, uh, I felt like, in, in the offseason. The Brewers don't really have the budget to do that outside of signing Christian Yelich to an extension. The Cubs have openly admitted that they don't have a ton of money left, so they weren't able to really make any big moves. The Pirates stink, and yet you have the Cincinnati Reds, who I think had as good an offseason as any team in the National League besides maybe the Los Angeles Dodgers, who added Mookie Betts. I mean, this is a team that added Mike Moustakis. They added... Nick Castellanos, who I'm sure, I mean, we know it it is written in the stars that Nick Castellanos is going to murder the Tigers when they play him. I mean, what, he's probably going to hit four home runs on opening day. Like this is, it's a tradition as old as time at this point. If you play for the Tigers and then leave the Tigers, when you play against the Tigers, you will dominate. We've seen it with Sanchez, we've seen it with Scherzer, we've seen it with Verlander, and now I'm sure we're going to see it with Nick Castellanos, and it's going to be just wonderful. But back to the Reds real quick. I mean, this is a team that I think is is up there amongst the favorites to win that division. I mean, that is still a pretty solid division. You have four teams that are, at the very least, competitive. The Pirates, you know, you can, you can toss them to the side, but the Brewers, Cubs, Cardinals, and Reds, all competitive teams. It's a really good pitching staff that the Reds have put together. Sonny Gray had a career year a season ago. Trevor Bauer is obviously extremely inconsistent, but as a number three, number four option is pretty solid. And you have Luis Castillo, who in my opinion is going to be one of the top 10 pitchers in baseball, if not by the end of this season, by the end of next season. I mean, one of the nastiest changeups in the game made an all-star team a year ago. It's a dangerous ball club. And, you know, if if this was a season that was actually worth anything for the Tigers, I would view it as a, a formidable opponent to start the season. And it is a formidable opponent. It just, like I said, it, it doesn't really matter. You know, I look at the rest of the Tigers' schedule. They open with the Reds, a three-game set. Then they have a four-game set at home against the Royals. And then they play the Reds again at home for three games. Now, I look at the schedule as a whole, and, I mean, it's a, it's a difficult schedule. It is. Now, it's difficult for two reasons. One, 
the Tigers are terrible. So any team that they play is going to be a difficult opponent. But two, the division is better. I talked about this a couple weeks ago. I mean, you, you got to keep in mind, guys, this was a team that went 1-19 against the Indians a year ago. So you're, you're playing 40 games against teams within your own division. The Indians are good. The Twins, they mash. They're a pain in the butt. They'll probably be the favorites to win the division. One of the favorites to win the whole thing. The White Sox have improved drastically, had a phenomenal offseason. So that's that's 30 losable games right there. 10 against the Royals. The Royals stink. So And then obviously you're playing the NL Central as your divisional counterpart uh, in the National League. And like I just brought up, that's four uh, competitive ball clubs in that division as well. And even the Pirates, who are terrible, are probably just as good, if not even a little bit better than the Tigers. So this is going to be a difficult 60-game stretch. I know there are those people who believe in the possibility of getting your hopes up. Oh, you know, 60 games, anyone's got a shot. I'm sorry, they're playing some good teams here, man. They're playing some good teams, and it's going to be a difficult schedule to navigate through, even if this was a good ball club. I mean, the fact that they're, they're awful doesn't do them any favors. Gotta say, though, man, and women, it is so wonderful to see things starting to go in motion. And I'll talk more in the second segment about the dangers that Major League Baseball are facing right now. More positive COVID cases on the way. More players dropping out. I will address that. But, man, it's it's nice for a little bit to have a breath of fresh air. I, You know what I really miss? I miss having the ability to be angry about the Tigers. I know there's people, and even I myself have portrayed doing what I do as kind of a burden, and I do that. That's more of a joke. Do I enjoy watching the Tigers get pummeled on a nightly basis? Absolutely not, but I do enjoy talking about it. I view that as an extreme privilege that I have the opportunity to come on Twitter or come here on Locked On and, and, and express my anger towards a baseball team, but I, I love them unconditionally as angry as they might make me. And I have, I've so missed the ability to come on here or, or go on Twitter and talk about that. I mean, it's been some of the roughest months of my life because of that. And it is so nice to see that there is finally a schedule. There's some sort of plan, whether it will be a well-executed plan is to be determined, but there is something in place for the time being that is going to allow Major League Baseball to move forward in 2020. I'm I can't wait, man. I'm so ready to talk about these games. I'm so ready to talk about the the playoff chase, which the playoff chase is going to start from day one. Ryan Braun of the Brewers brought it up the other day that this is going to be the first time in the history of baseball in which zero teams will be mathematically eliminated from the playoffs come September. Now, with a team like the Tigers, you never know if they get off to a two and twenty-eight start. Keep in mind, this was a team that went went, went three and twenty-five in a twenty-eight game home stretch last season. So it's not out of the realm of possibility, but for the most part. It is likely that we will not see a single team eliminated from postseason contention by September. And in a weird way, that is exciting. What is the one thing that we always say about the 162-game baseball schedule? It is a marathon, not a sprint. This is going to be completely flipped. This is going to be the only time in baseball history in which it will be a sprint. And it will be, even if the Tigers are bad, just in general, enjoyable to watch. Yes, this is a Detroit Tigers podcast. But it's a baseball podcast as well. I mean, I think we've realized over these last couple months that I am able to fill airtime 
talking just as much about baseball as I am about the Detroit Tigers. So I'm very excited to get things started. That's going to do it for segment one. When we come back, we are going to talk about some negative stuff regarding players coming down with COVID-19 and more players choosing to not partake in this season at all. I will be right back. And we're back. So like I said, I was a bit uh, optimistic there in that first segment, excited about the schedule, excited about the possibility of watching some Major League Baseball here pretty soon. But I do have to address the elephant in the room, and that's COVID-19 and the fact that there are more cases uh, being seen across Major League Baseball every single day. That part isn't the killer. I think we should have all expected that there were going to be a fair amount of positive cases. Once you got these guys back together, some guys had probably had it for a while, maybe just didn't know it. That's not the huge surprise. What is extremely disappointing, though, has been Major League Baseball's inability to really nail down the execution of this plan. We've already heard reports of teams not getting their test results back over a period of several days going in between tests. That's that's awful. And that is the kind of thing that could derail this season because I think if players are getting tested every day, the possibility of them feeling safe playing this season goes up exponentially. But if Major League Baseball doesn't know what they're doing, if they're not getting access to tests, if they're not getting the results of these tests back until days later, I think we're going to see more guys likely to sit out this season. We're already starting to see that. Chris Bryant, I don't think, has officially announced that he's going to be sitting this season out, but it looks like he's kind of leaning towards that way if you read the quote he had a couple days ago. Nick Markakis, outfielder for the Atlanta Braves, been around for a long time. Very, an extremely reliable player, Nick Markakis, electing to sit out this season. Those are the ones, to me, that kind of worry me the most. Because let's say a player like, we'll just use an example, one of Nick Markakis's teammates. Let's say Ronald Acuna Jr. were to decide to sit this season out. This is a guy who would probably weigh his options and realize, look, I'm what, 22, 21 years old. I I could come back. I still got 13, 14, 15 years left of Major League Baseball taking one season off to ensure my safety isn't going to kill me. But you have a guy, Nick Markakis, who's 36 years old and still a very, very good player. He's had an awesome career. But it's also a guy who probably doesn't have a ton of years left and it just shows how devastating and how how brutal COVID-19 is that someone like this is sacrificing one of his final years playing this sport professionally because he doesn't feel safe. And this was a guy who brought up that he talked to Freddie Freeman, who came down with, with COVID-19, who, who tested positive uh, just a little bit under a week ago now, and he talked to Freddie, and and Freddie Freeman said, "Look, I don't I don't feel good at all. This is this is devastating." And I think the cases themselves could be at least with the way they are currently could be handled. I think the severity of the cases is what's going to scare guys off because you look at Freddie Freeman. This is a guy in his late twenties in incredible physical shape. I mean, built like a brick house. Freddie Freeman, incredible athlete. If he is suffering bad from something like COVID, that only exemplifies how dangerous potentially playing this season could be. And we're going to see a lot more guys drop out. Okay, We need to accept that there's a reason they have a 60-player pool because a lot of guys are going to get sick and a lot of guys are going to skip out on the season. Now, we're yet to have that one big high-profile domino 
tip over. We're yet to see that perennial all-star player say, you know what, I'm going to I'm going to take this season off. You we've seen guys express a lot of concern like Mike Trout and like Chris Bryant. I guess probably the highest caliber player who's decided to take the season off because of the coronavirus is David Price. And if this was 2014, I think this would probably be a bigger deal. No, I mean, I'm not trying to disrespect the guy at all as a player or as a person. He did what, you know, he believed was right and he probably is correct. And you know, he's keeping himself and his family safe, but David Price as a player is not the dominant force that he once was. I think the second we see a guy like a Mike Trout or like a Ronald Acuña Jr. or an Alex Bregman or Justin Verlander, when we see one of those guys decide to dip out on the season because of coronavirus concerns, I bet a lot more dominoes are going to fall. I think there's a lot of guys right now who are trying to fight through it, who who are aware of the concerns, who are just trying to make the most out of it. But we're going to see more guys, especially as some of these horror stories regarding the, the symptoms of COVID-19 get out, we're going to see more guys start to drop out. And I think it will make this season, unfortunately, probably more of a farce. In a way, this season will not necessarily be about which team is the most talented and the best and most talented team won't win the World Series. The team that will probably win the World Series will be the team that is able to keep a majority of their opening day roster, what would be their opening day roster, intact until the very, very end. Because also, look, people are dropping out now. We're going to see guys probably at some point drop out in the middle of the season. Like if somebody gets it, let's say, uh, let's say some, let's use a Tigers example. Let's say 20 games into the year, CJ Crone gets coronavirus and he feels like crap. I don't see him feeling a need to really come back. Like, this is going to be something that is going to continue until the very, very end of the season. This will not stop by the time we get to opening day. Guys are going to be calling it quits and dropping out, I would say, as late as, you know, probably the last two weeks of the season. Unless, of course, and this is why I am thankful that they gave them a month to prepare for this, Unless Major League Baseball is 100% able to figure out this testing process, if they're able to make sure that they can test these guys every single day, if that's possible, and they don't do stupid crap like go several days in a row without testing or have to wait several days to get the test results back, if they can get a perfect or close to perfect system in place, then I doubt we'll see as many guys drop. But right now, uh, it's we've only seen the tip of the iceberg. A whole lot of high-profile players are going to end up skipping out on this season. And it's going to be a matter of which team is able to keep their roster intact. I feel like whoever that is is going to be the team that ends up winning the whole thing. So that's going to do it for Wednesday's show. Not not a whole lot to talk about, guys. I'm sorry, but we'll be back here on Friday with a mailbag segment. You guys at least give me something to talk about. Thank the Lord. I appreciate that. You can follow me on Twitter at Castellani2014. That's at C-A-S-T-E-L-L-A-N-I-2014. You can follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnTigers. If you have any questions for the mailbag segment, you can send those to the show's Gmail account, LockedOnTigers at gmail.com. While you're at it, go to Apple Podcasts, go to iTunes, leave a positive review of this show. It would be much, much appreciated. I will be right back here on Friday to answer some of your questions. I really appreciate you all listening. Have a great rest of your day, and go Tigers.